Hey, this is Rich from the Metal Cell Podcast. I'm delighted to welcome Jason Connolly and Corey Sloan for the show. How are you, lads? Oh, good, Rich. Thanks, Thanks for having us. It's all yeah, good, it's Thank great you. to have you on, man. Um, I'm so excited. I am, yeah. I'm really looking forward to it because um, I don't know, are you aware or not, but the Metal Cell has been just doing these throwback Tuesdays every, yeah. every week. And yeah. um, I think it's great for maybe new fans of the metal community and probably older lads as well to kind of you know, take a trip down memory lane and reminisce about um, many of the bands that were around at the time. And certainly the two of you have overlapped and been in plenty of uh, bands right through the, the 80s, 90s, 2000s. And, and you're still going, which is great, lads. Fair play to you. Still alive. <laughs> so you're the, been, cur- the current band... locked up the, yet. The current bands that you're in at the moment is Grave Sermon and Legion of Wolves. And uh, and uh, Eternum Vale. Eternum Vale is the third one. Okay. Yeah. So, so Corey one. is in that. I'm not in Eternum Vale. Ah, okay. Grand job. But yeah. um, like, uh, have you any news? First of all, in relation to, we'll say, Grave Sermon. Are you working on anything? Yeah, we had um, we had a gig for the fifth, and that was um. Torn away with the restrictions. Who was that with? Uh, is it drought or fraught? What did they call oh, themselves oh, now? Um, drought. Drought. Is it drought now? They were fraught and now they're drought. I think drought. it might be the other way around. I feel silly. I'm sorry, lads. Yeah. Um, yeah. A couple of a couple of bands like that, and we were we were set up to do it, and there were bands that were going to suit us. Okay. You was know, Unyielding love with that, aren't no? Corey? Huh? Yeah. Unyielding love, were they involved? No. No. Um, I'm dreadful, Richie. The yeah. head is gone, man. Um, I was it. It's a horror. We're doing it with ah, them. it's a horror. We're there as well. Yeah. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. Class. That that's who it was, and um, that that, got that's pulled. a great lineup, man. Mm. Yeah, and apparently that gig is back on, but we're recording. It's back on on the 5th of February, but we were going in to record a track on that day. Mm-hmm. So the lads were like, could we do the gig that night? And then this is only a recent thing, like a conversation that was today and yesterday. And some of the members are like, oh, we could pull it off. We'd have our gear. We'd be in Dublin. We could do the gig. And I'm kind of going, well, how many times have you done a recording where everything went hard <laughs> plan? <laughs> Yeah, something's going to happen something's going to be delayed mm-hmm. and it's going to be a thing where well we might not be finished in the studio so what do you do then leave the studio go do the gig tell the guys we can't go to the gig at the last minute so we'll probably opt out um, mm-hmm. it's very pragmatic Corey isn't it yeah absolutely you need absolutely. someone like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> just look at absolutely we've absolutely. had shit go on in the past and you're kind of going you know yeah. I think that comes with age, Jason, I think. (laughs) Well, I think it's kind of a characteristic of mine. I always prepare myself for the worst, you know. So So that's good news. Anyway, so you have a track or two done or or are you looking at an EP or an album, lads, or what's going on with Graves Sermon? Well, it'll be one track. It'll just be one track. It's an old track and and we got a call from uh, Mike Richards and Michael was... um, is offering us a day in the studio and um, we said, okay, we're going to do a track. We need, we need to do something with ourselves. It's been such a long time with COVID, all that stuff. Let's get in, do that. We'll release that. And um, 
There's a lot going on in the camp, if you don't mind me continuing on about it, Corey. Um, <laughs> our original guitar player, Gavin, is back. Okay. Gavin cool. Dorn, uh, the guy that would have been on the demo, that wrote a lot of the tracks. And Gavin's a bit younger than us, and he's just, he's throwing out songs. So myself and Gavin are doing a lot of rehearsals. Nice. And uh, yeah, it's really good stuff. You're going to like it. If you liked the demo. Yeah. It's like the demo can part two you know and it's it's really really good stuff um so yeah writing a lot and kind of waiting on vocals lyrics and stuff to come through and we'll look at doing pre-production demos at some stage as well then with a view to going on and recording those songs and okay. you know gigging them eventually like so we'll see what it, it's great that everything is opened up like so I'm, Mark, I'm pinching myself is mark still with the band then and greg or what's going on Oh, Greg left. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Greg uh, with Parahelia, he, um, I think he lost a member there and decided to focus on that. Okay. Um, and it was kind of a thing here. Listen, if you need anyone, give us a shout. Yeah. And if you're doing the gig, I'll come watch you or whatever. Um, Mark is with us, but Mark is really just a live player or he would kind of come in if needed to do a recording, but he's mm. not really a, a writing member. So it's mainly okay. me and Gavin and then Dave comes in and out and then uh, comes in and out for writing sessions. And then when it comes to the crunch with a recording or um, a live gig, Corey and Mark will step in. Like that's the way it's, it's set up at the moment. You right. know? Okay. And um, Legion of Wolves? Uh, lazy people. Lazy. Uh, I'm in a band of essentially yeah it's aimed at all of them <laughs> Corey come on speak up there man yeah um, <laughs> after only two cuts off you already I know I know no I just, I'm so used to him now man I have to let him just you know like a kid you know you gotta let him go off um uh, no it's it's okay I mean COVID kind of put the kibosh on a lot of plans and because mm. we're kind of living Arik is living in the south and stuff it's kind of difficult to kind of get together and all meet and record or sorry um rehearse the tracks but a lot of the tracks are written already um i think we're looking at recording this year Excellent. yeah it's gonna be cool man the, the songs are really are really good they're again they're kind of a, a progression if you if you will but still sticking to the same kind of sound and vibe we had before um so that's i think that's going to happen this year and then with Aeternum as well, we have, um, we're going to make a, an EP pretty soon. We're going to record pretty soon. We, again, because COVID kind of came, that kind of put the kibosh on an awful lot of um, plans, you know, that I think everyone had, not just us. So I think we're looking at maybe in the summer or late summer, uh, that, that'll be an EP out with Aeternum, album out with Legion and then the Grave Sermon stuff you know about already. So it's yeah. busy. And with Aeternum, are you still all there? No one has left or...? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're still the same. Yeah, we're still the same. No, no, no one's gone. Thank goodness. Yes. Uh, but we haven't really seen each other because of, you know, restrictions and whatnot. So, uh, you know, it, it's going to be good, I think, for us all to get back in the rehearsal studio and, and just see each other and kind of reconnect. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, COVID kind of, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's, it, it's kind of crazy, isn't it, to think about like all the restrictions are over, just like that. You know, yeah, in that's, fucking, it that's what your I head. was saying. Yeah, exactly. That's what exactly. I was saying. Like a couple of weeks ago, they said, you're not allowed, you're not allowed to have your venue open after 8 p.m. And then a couple of weeks later, do you know what, actually? Forget all that. Forget the social distancing. Uh, we'll keep the masks for another month or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, you don't need it. You don't need a COVID pass to go into any nightclubs. It's like, 
So what was all this for? Like, what was all mm. these? Well, should it not be like fine where the restrictions are gone? We'd be, you know, that's great. Like, but should it not be an incremental thing? Like, I, I thought so myself, but you know, why I'm, did we like why did we work so hard and stay away from each other and wear masks and get our COVID cert <sighs> and get our injections to then just go, actually, look, it's grand now. Yeah, how, and how literally, more, that's more, it. How more Irish can you get? Like, <laughs> I know, I know. But I'm, but I, but I am happy that they're over, and uh, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping gigs. I can't wait to go to gigs. <laughs> I really I know. can't wait to go to yeah. a gig. I, yeah, I wanted to go and see Dayside actually, and then they cancelled. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That only announced yeah. there. Christ, that right. Yeah, I know. But sure, look at. I mean, hopefully yeah. we're on the. And the, Corey, just yeah. die sinister bloom. What's going on with them? <laughs> Well, we kind of were on, we're on, I don't know, hiatus, I guess, at this stage, you okay. know, nearly, nearly as long as one of the songs we used to write, I suppose, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but, uh, uh, but yeah, no, I think that's kind of on a, on a pause, you know, but right. yeah, that, that again, we started that back in, people will know, back in the very early 90s. Mm. And uh, yeah, and that time, you know, was great. So, but I mean, I'm still hanging out with Bren, the drummer, and I, I see Robin as well. Uh, Robert Bailey from yeah. Fifth Opinion and everything else years ago. So yeah, we're still good friends. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's we we kind of came back um, a couple of years ago, Richie, and we we did some some tunes, uh, some tunes, and played some shows. And mm. John from Crewcon was with us as well. Oh uh, yeah, John Ryan is it? Yeah, John Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Lovely dude. Uh, lovely, lovely guy. Yeah. And then um, yeah, and then we kind of just press pause on that, and yeah, here we are. <laughs> Jesus, and yeah. I, I got I got like three bands. It's hard to kind of have a fourth one as well. So you know, you have to kind of balance. Yeah, and in like. relation to writing material, then Corey, um, is there certain certain bands you particularly like writing music for? Um, um, well, personally, personally, yeah, there's a few. I mean, if I'm writing kind of real brutal stuff, I like the kind of grind. I suppose kind of crazy crazy kind of grind stuff i suppose mm. um and then when i'm kind of thinking about writing something a bit slower for maybe a turnum or something you yeah. know dissection and because it's great to be in a, in, a, in, a, in the bands i'm in actually because you have a vast array of kind of influences and all across the board you know variety yeah. don't you yeah exactly mm. exactly so like it would That's be what... old school black metal as well you know what i mean i like uh early dark throne and uh early enslaved i'm I'm a bit of an early man. <laughs> I don't like <laughs> I don't like a lot of the later stuff of a lot of bands, but the early black metal stuff still still hits the spot. And I don't know. Well, I mean, it, it, oh, oh, sorry, it, Jason, off you go. Sorry, cross core, but it has, it, it, the early stuff has the vibe. I mean, like when yeah, they were all kids when they were writing and playing it. The test like testosterone coming out their ears. They were angry and then and then and then it had the feeling, it had the emotion, and I that's what metal, yeah, feeling and emotion. There you go. Man. Yeah. That's what metal was about at the start. And that's why people came along and went, we'll call this metal, right? So like I've said before, you take those elements out of it and it becomes about, and don't get me wrong, I'm a stickler for technicality and playing the instrument correctly and progressing and advancing on your instrument. Otherwise, what are you, you, know, what are you doing? Like you need to mm. kind of try and get better. Um, a lot of lads just become cynical with it and just the mm. enthusiasm goes. It, it, they actually forget what they, why they started it originally. Started. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it becomes about, it becomes about trying to be trying to do something that's musically technical. That's yeah. fine. Like, but it must still have that angry vibe or otherwise it's not metal. I.e. corn. It's yeah. not metal. 
It's, it's not, not metal. He's a great bass player and he's a great drummer. And metal. then you're like, all oh, right, we'll put our foot on this this boss heavy metal pedal and that will make it metal. No, it doesn't. It's a totally different vibe. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's a totally different vibe. Somebody asked me the other day, a friend of mine said, uh, what didn't you like about God Hates Us All, the Slayer album? I said everything. Yeah. It's too new metal. It's not evil. Slayer started out as a borderline black metal, speed metal band. like, And when they're not evil, they're not Slayer. It's like Metallica. You lose the attitude and the aggression. Yeah, You're no longer what you were supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, no. look, it's it's very rare you get bands that are out there for fucking ever to come back with a new, raw, fucking incredible album. It's yeah. very hard. Well, man. there's not many well, you can. There's two kind of there's two parts to that. There's there's bands like Metallica and dare I say my beloved Iron Maiden. Mm. And I said it to my mate the other day, they need to go back into 1985. They go on YouTube and watch a video of their own band <laughs> from 1985. Yeah. Right? To kind of get some of that fucking vibe back, right? And then you have bands, we were only talking today, Corey, bands like Saxon. The two new songs that are out, pure old school Saxon. Mm. Perfect. Yeah. If you want to listen to Saxon, you can put on Crusader or you can put on the new stuff. You'll still get the same vibe. Yeah. That's a great album, Crusader. Oh, man. Oh, stop, man. Isn't it? Yeah, even the, even the album art. Oh, the album oh, isn't art, it? yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Statement of intent. Yeah, see. it is. Yeah, Steel, yeah, yeah. denim and leather, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what man, I mean? Uh, Saxon never They were like art. literally, I'm 51, so Saxon, that album, Wheels of Steel. Thanks, oh, man. man. But that, that was in my house and that was bought by the brother and I was listening to that at the same time. So that was Wheels of Steel, 81? No. Was it? Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. In around. Rough, it was rough. very early 80s. Fuck me. What an album. Jesus oh, Christ. Man. It's like, it's like, uh, accept balls, balls to the wall, you know? It's go, ah, not a classic. So fucking good. So good, man. So good. Always good, man. Gold mm. never gets old, man. Gold yeah. never gets old, you know? And like, so like when you were young lads there trying to go back, what, what music were you listening to? How did you get access to the heavy metal scene? Oh, Corey. Well, <laughs> Um, well, uh, well, when I started off, Richie, uh, there was there was no real. I mean, it was I, I got into, you know, most I, I suppose everyone's kind of same. I got into kind of Guns and Roses, I suppose. And from there, uh, I, after Guns and Roses, I discovered uh, Iron Maiden um, mm. and I discovered what was the track I heard? The first one. Oh, a Stranger in a Strange Land. Oh, oh. <laughs> like what a song to get in. Like that was just my God. And then from that, man, you know, Iron Maiden were, 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 were it for, for years and years. And then back in, then, then in school, people get into rock and metal and I got into Slayer and Megadeth and then I kind of got heavier. So, yeah. you know, back, back, in, back in 1990 and 91, man, it was all about death metal. And, uh, it, you know, as a kid, Rich, you know yourself, you just get more extreme, more extreme. You, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, yeah. and, then, and then from there, then you want to form your own band. So you kind of mm. start playing your instruments. And Were you always a bass player, Corey, or had your guitar at the time? No, just, just a bass player, just a bass player. I, I didn't want to be anything else. So, man, I heard, yeah, I, I heard uh, Steve Harris, you know what I mean? Uh, stranger in a strange land and i wanted to play that that's all i wanted man and then yeah. and you know you see uh, made in england and harris is out the front doing his thing you know da, 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 and it's so good man it's, it's so, so good. good yeah it's yeah, so yeah. good it's I mean, funny now that you named him straight away because i'm a bass player too and and he would be up there and and he's a great writer as well 
Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, people forget about that. I mean, I know the later albums people can talk, but the earlier albums, though. Jason, you're muted. Sorry about that, boys. Okay, you're good. You probably <laughs> didn't want to hear what I was saying anyway. <laughs> ah, I think, Corey, I think you, have you a switch there to mute him or something? <laughs> you know I'll see I mean? you tomorrow. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, and then, and then we kind of went from there and then we formed our bands. And then, I mean, you know, we'll get into the kind of maybe the Dublin scene like in, in, yeah. in a bit later on and stuff like that. But, Man, you know, been able to kind of come together and form a band down here in Newbridge. I'm from Newbridge and Kildare, but, you know, oh, to form okay. a band here and stuff and like-minded folks. And then to be able to, you know, everybody has kind of aspirations to be kind of Megadeth or Metallic or Maiden, mm. as it were, you know. Um, and then, you know, yeah, and that, and, and, you know, I've always said in a way, I hope it doesn't sound kind of too cheesy or corny, but I've always thought that kind of metal chooses you. You don't choose it. It's a way of life. I mean, yeah, you know, I think so. That's a very valid point, man. Yeah. And when it, and when it, and I think, mm-hmm. and as you said earlier on, Richie, it's about the feeling and the emotion and the and the vibe and the youthful energy of that music. Yeah. That back in the very late eighties, early nineties, there really wasn't anything that was going for people who wanted heavier music or yeah. heavier. Or like feeling. we were, we were like sponges, lads, when we were young. Oh, yeah, Especially absolutely. as metalheads, you're yeah, like absolutely. a yeah. fucking sponge. Yeah, absolutely. Give yeah. me more. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Absolutely, absolutely. You yeah, know, as as a young person, you're you're like that anyway. You know, it's great. Well, it's great. Saving saving the money and going to Dublin to the sound cellar. You know, you're you you know you you buy the tape, you buy the album. On the way home on the bus, you take out the LP, you you read everything yeah. on the album. You know, you'd, I mean, Would, you, wouldn't to... you be good at like if the, if you got an album? It is rare now, but back in the day, like you'd always go through the tanks list. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I used to always yeah. do that. Yeah, and there'd yeah. always be bands there tanked that you go, fuck yeah, Jesus, oh DRI were like, tanked. Yeah. And... Absolutely, yeah. I'll check them out because or whatever you know. I mean, Slayer, I, I was watching, no uh, testament like. I was, mm. I'm Paul, uh, Richie. I was watching the interview that you did with Paul. Uh, oh yeah, Paul, Paul from Censor, Yeah, yeah, and you and you and you kind of referenced the Viking album, man. You know, it's mm. so fucking man. There you go, man. That album is so fucking good. Isn't you know, it? It's classic. Jesus man. Christ! And you could see why Dark Angel referenced Viking. I know the guy was in it. You know, and man, oh. So it's great. I haven't heard anyone else mention Viking. Only you. So, <laughs> see, I had their um, album Man of Straw. You see. Yeah, for yeah, years yeah, yeah. on CD and then the fucking come into a shop and Cork and, and to just... find it just there and the guy is kind of happy to sell it to you you're, you're like oh man you know yeah okay you know how rare yeah. is that yes yeah, so oh, I mean, absolutely for fuck's sake like but Jason you were saying as well um, that back in your time where were you Jason were you born in Dublin or were you outside Dublin as well no I, I'm Kildare Kildare yeah okay yeah, so I, that's hard I again to get access to that kind of music when you were a teen yeah, like you're kind of reliant on your older brother, you know. You're mm. sneaking into his room when he's gone <laughs> off and uh, putting on the record or the tape. Ah, he was good enough. Like he, you know, it was always you'd get a recording of the tape, and then when you know when you went into school, it was always the guy that had the older brother. Oh, fucking, you know, I have the Motorhead album recorded mm. onto a tape from my brother, and you'd say you'd bring in a blank tape. Record that for me, will you? Well, I'd ask my brother, yeah, hopefully he won't beat me up and he'll just do it, you know. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. And, was, and were any, be any good at the handwriting, you know, for the cassettes when you'd be writing oh, in yeah. the songs? Oh, yeah, yeah they're like, really have, small. Yeah, and you'd, but you'd be, like, I was always fucking very good at drawing anyway, so I'd have the logos. Did you do yeah. the logo at the yeah. side yeah. of the oh, tape? Oh, had to, Corey. <laughs> had to, man. Jesus Christ, that was crucial. Yeah, I, I, I was actually that. tried behind <laughs> that, and I was okay at the ACDC logo. And, <laughs> The Morehead you know, logo, the Slayer logo is easy. Like, I don't know yeah. about the obituary logo, but... Right. Um, but I was yeah. like that, Richie. Yeah, absolutely. I was the same as you. And and just what you were saying there about Jay getting access to music. You know, uh, when I got I got into tape trading, I saw me kind of tape trading with fellas from the scene, Brian Tobe. Oh, Brian Tobe. Shout yeah. out to Brian, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Fucking sound out, man. And um, Brian and myself got back a very long time and I was getting taped off Brian and then Robin Bailey from Fifth Dominion and I just got involved in the Dublin scene. So I was getting a lot of music here in Kildare from those lads that, mm. you know, that I, I would never... I mean, there was no internet, you know. There was no, no. YouTube, you know what I mean? You, wouldn't was, be, you would be lucky to hear our Maiden on the radio. Oh, absolutely. Very lucky. Very lucky. Yeah. Maybe Dave Fanning after 10 or something. Yeah, don't yeah, talk, yeah. Don't talk about Dave Fanning because i tell you one thing, right? I fell in hate with Dave Fanning. It's, it's actually funny because my phone <laughs> is sitting on top of his autobiography right now. Okay. Fanning. And the name is, the, the name of the book is The Thing Is, right? Um, he'd be on the radio show. I don't know where he'd talk. He was cocked off his head and he'd be talking real fast <laughs> and <laughs> laughing at his own jokes. And he goes, um, Disclaimer, so, disclaimer, disclaimer. Yeah, so, <laughs> reduced now, if, prices. If it was Diablos in fucking music, I, I, I wouldn't kind of hold it no, against him for laughing at that. That's, that's, that's a very good point, but hear me out. Um, so he goes, uh, oh, top 10 uh, <laughs> reduced uh, prices in uh, Golden Districts week is such and such, such and such. And um, Slayer, a decade of aggression. <laughs> and he started laughing at it. Mm. And I was like, that's very unprofessional, Dave. And I just wanted to murder the cunt like. It's like, who the <laughs> fuck are you? Who are you to laugh at Slayer, you little pencil neck geek? There you were on the foot. <laughs> There you were on TV sitting around the table with you two, and you thought it'd be funny to start taking your clothes off. Oh, Jesus Christ Almighty. Remember that interview? And you're laughing at fucking Dave Lombardo. If I ever meet him, by Jesus Christ. (laughs) Oh, man. In this cancel culture. (laughs) <laughs> you've just got the metal cell cancelled <laughs> we'll never, yeah, yeah, we'll never appear on, on 2FM <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly mute where's the mute button where's the no mute edit button? no edit no, no fuck edit. that fuck that no yeah, but no. you're right but how did G meet lads uh, on a date nap <laughs> Wanted sign and some fucking sentry store, was it? Uh, Jay... uh, looking to date other Slayer fans. <laughs> Must not like Dave Fanning. <laughs> <You're on the laughs> <line. laughs> um, uh, Baden, Baden, yeah. When when yeah. Jay, when they they were going to do the the Dark Crusade album, wasn't it, Jason? And then. Yeah. I came back into the fold and Jason was the drummer then and we just met that way and it was... Yeah, yeah and, and it was that... mad. It, it, was just, it was just mad because, like, I was living in a place called Cara at the time, a small village, and it's, like, 15 minutes drive from where Corey is in Newbridge. So it was funny that, like, we were Jesus. living so close to each other and it took us to go to Dublin to get into a band together to come... To that come across is each mental. other, you know? Mental. Yeah, yeah, so just, it just weird when you think about it. And now we live... 
three minutes away from each other. You no know, way. Yeah, yeah Jada yeah, sits yeah. on the corner, yeah. <laughs> That's fucking So he's class, no like... excuse for coming over and jamming, you know? <laughs> yeah, Christ. And like, uh, Hadji, you've obviously came across each other's names before, Abaddon. You were aware of uh, each other, surely, were you? Not, not in relation to where, who was living, but like... No, no, no. On the scene, no? Well, no, I, I probably knew Corey was the bass player in Abaddon, and that would have been the height of it. Like, cause really? I, yeah, I got into Abaddon in 2002. I was, it was very, very early on in my... Learning curve. Yeah, my musical yeah. adventures, whatever. Like, my first metal band was 2001. And then it was very quickly into Primal Dawn. I started with Desolate. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that was... Very very quickly into Primal Dawn and they're very quickly uh, got offered something with Abaddon. Um, so I was kind of, I was only a year or a year and a half in the Dublin metal scene mm. before I got into Abaddon. So I didn't really know what was what, only, okay. only what my bandmates were telling me. Like, So I, I would have been aware Corey was in Abaddon Incarnate, but that was it, like, you know. Mm. And how did you get that gig, uh, Corey? Was that, had you... That was- Oh, what the Abaddon Carnet gig? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was um I was in university in Wales and uh, I went to study and uh, I came back for a weekend and I went to Fibbers and uh, I met Olin Olin and Fibbers and uh, and I knew Olin from way back when uh, when because I actually I used to be in a band called Afterlife yes. years ago. Ray Green, Paul again referencing Ray Greener, you know. And mm. when I was in Afterlife. Um, a, a bereaved Baden incarnate were called bereaved back then okay. and they That's opened right, up yeah. a, they opened up a few shows for us so I knew the lads from opening up and uh, Steve Marr used to work in the rehearsal studios where uh, Dysinister Bloom used to jam as well ah, so okay so there's an overlap the, yeah an overlap and I used to meet Olin in Dublin and stuff and, and then anyway long story short I was having a couple of beers with Olin and Olin asked what I was doing I, was, I wasn't up to too much so he said do you want to come along and join a bad and I went oh, I don't know man I, <laughs> I if I'm any good or anything like that and he said no come on and he was really supportive actually and so he got me in and I, I kind of went to the, to the rehearsal room and, um, and I was playing a song for them and it was so fast it was like Jesus and I was going fucking I can't do this my fingers <laughs> and then uh, and then a couple of years later I was banging out like just as fast as the lads you know so I got the gig that way and then I got on vocals. We went to, we went to do a, a tour of Germany back in 99 and I got on stage and did a couple of vocals and I stayed doing vocals then. And, and that's what they say. Wow, <laughs> so that's Jesus. The, okay. We, so so the, the time the two of you were in a bad and together, did you, you, you obviously toured. What were the memories of touring? Uh, well, the tour I did with a bad and would have been a couple of gigs in Spain and France. Okay. Um, the main time I spent in the band with Corey was getting ready for Dark Crusade, the right. third album, or uh, three. And we went over to, to Sweden, to Urubru, to record that. Was it Sound Lab Studios, Corey? Yeah. That's what it was called? With Mieszko, yeah. That's right. Yeah, Mieszko from Nazum. And, um, was that your first time out of the country um, to a studio like that, Chase? Yes, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. What was that like? Um, I was so young. I have I have photographs <laughs> of that, right? I've you know like know. physical photographs of that. Yeah. I'm like a rake. <laughs> <laughs> like a rake. I you know it's this thing a cool thing like when you're drumming, why 
why fucking wet up a t-shirt with sweat like you know leave the t-shirt off and drum and you know everyone, yeah. everyone back then drummed it and I have these photographs and I'm like a fucking rake and my one of my memories of of recording was um I'd do a take and Mieszko would stop and he'd go your timing is a bit you'll have to do that again and I remember sitting there getting feeling so overwhelmed going mm. What am I doing here? Yeah. Oh shit! I'm about a year or two years off being able to do this. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the way I, I got this feeling. That's me being negative or whatever. But I felt really overwhelmed. But we got through it, and it was a that was probably the biggest kick in the teeth, studio drumming wise, that I've ever had. Yeah, because. There was one part I remember where I can't remember what was going on in the song, or whatever, but I was having problems keeping time. Um, as I said, ADHD, ADHD had I speed up, the music stopped, there was a gap, and I'd speed up naturally. And so he put on a click track for me, just stay with the click. And mm. I was like, Click track, Fuck I've never man. done this before. Wow, yeah. you know, I know like this is 2002 or three. Um, obviously click tracks become a part of your life mm. as a musician but at the time I was like oh I'm out of depth here but you knuckle down you do what you have to do you get through the album got released mm. how long were you over in Sweden for? Uh, I was only there for a week because I I did my drum tracks and came home because I had tickets for Maiden in the O2 <laughs> and I wasn't needed Really, right. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys finished everything else, all the mixing, the guitars, everything else was kind of done in my absence. And I think mm. it was a full, the full session was two weeks. Is that right, Corey? Three weeks, Jay. <clears throat> was it three weeks? Yeah, it was three weeks, yeah. Well, maybe I stayed for two weeks then. I can't mm. really remember, but I did come home early, you know. And what was the feeling there in the band at the time, Corey? Was there a good sense of like unity amongst you all and striving for the, yeah, the next step a- up? Yeah, it was it was weird because um, I don't know I don't know uh, what Olin was referring. I don't know what if he probably was talking about it, but we we went over there before recording the Deer, the second album, the Deer, and um, and that was a that was that was that was a that was a great great session. Many good memories of that session, you know. Mm. Um, meeting we met Dan Swano and everything, and that was amazing meeting Dan and. Dan gave me a base because the, the airline broke my base when I was on oh, the way over. Jesus yeah, Christ. in Denmark. They, so we arrived and the base came out in two and recording yeah. an album. And then I had to get it. So Mieszko got, went down to Dan Swano's music shop and got one off Dan. And you know, you, 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 this guy's going, you're going, that's Dan Swano. That's, that's Dan Swano, man. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? Um, and I'm meeting Mieszko. Mieszko was, was awesome, man. Mieszko was a, was a, he was, man. Nazem for me were, Nazem for me were, were, wow you know they mm. they were the band that brought me right back into the extreme metal because they were just man the grind revival of 98 man was so good and yeah. all those, you know regurgitate and all the swedish bands and you know, oh yeah it was just but anyway yeah long story short yeah so we went and we did nadir and then that kind of brought us up to here and then for dark crusade and i know we went for a different sound the dark crusade yeah more like a death metal kind of terrorizer world mm. downfall kind of buzz onto it so yeah it was a step up um in many ways and i remember a lot of good times with that you know writing lyrics the guys who go out for for lunch would be writing lyrics and they come back and yeah yeah just nice to hang out as well and 
those days it's 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 weird like it's over 20 years or it's 20 years now since Nadir oh don't say that Jesus you know what I mean so like it's don't say yeah. That. <laughs> yeah but good 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 memories Richie and we toured with um, Desecration and Fleshless in England and Czech and I think they played play show in Germany or something I can't remember but mm. you know we did and what it. were the crowds like back then were they fucking jammed yeah they were really good they were really good actually we played with um yeah, we, yeah, they, they were pretty, yeah, they were really good. The ones in oh, we played with a band called Impending Doom in Germany. That was it. That that was a great tour. Uh, that I remember one. the T-shirt. Yeah, the Impending Impending Doom were like a black thrash band. Okay. Uh, the guy, the, the guy does all the mastering for pretty much all the Metal Blade albums now. The, the, the Patrick, yeah. So all the re-releases, you'll see Patrick Engel. He was the guy in that band, but um, sound guy, you know. But yeah, that and that was our kind of first time in a band to kind of get out of the country as well and. Mm. And, and tour because I, I played a show I played parties on open air with, with Arcane Sun as well I was in Arcane Sun for a while that's right yeah did that them in as well. yeah they were, they were that was cool but anyway yeah long story short yeah <laughs> yeah I just go off sorry guys I'm rambling I just go off we're here to rant yeah let's talk about Arcane Sun actually yeah um, Paul Kearns br- yeah brilliant band yeah Paul Kearns yeah. Jesus yeah, yeah Paul and, and uh, Mark Higgins and Fergal yeah yeah how did you get into that band or what was the story behind them? Uh, well, again, I was in Afterlife and I, yeah. I, played, I played a show with uh, my old band from Kildare in 90, October of 92. With, um, and it was with Misanthropy, who were called later Fifth Dominion. And ah. I, I got on really well with them and uh, with Robin Bailey especially. So they were looking for a bass player. I got into Afterlife. They were looking for a bass player. And I wanted to join, but I didn't think I was that good. <laughs> so I didn't go in. <laughs> and later on, when there was a bit of a transition, I was really good friends with those guys anyway. Stephen Norton, the original drummer, was one of my best friends. And he asked me to join. And then Paul was just getting Fergal in the band and Brian O'Carroll in the band. Okay. So I, I was like a new kind of gothic king. So we, we kind of formed the Fifth Dominion and became Arcane Sun. And I did the Towards Elysium demo with them. Uh, and right, the promo okay. back in 95 or 96 and so I got in the I got in uh, the, the second phase of that then and then again I was in Wales in college and I got the call off Paul Kearns to kind of come along and play parties on with him which was awful nice <laughs> Jeez um, what kind of places were you playing in Dublin and in the surrounding counties were you getting up to Belfast for these gigs or was it mainly Dublin you know it was mainly back in back in those days it was mainly Dublin and it was also in Cork actually we played a lot of shows I remember in Nancy Spain's oh Nancy Spain's yeah of course yeah Yeah, yeah. uh, I remember Brian um, oh oh, friendly snare Brian Quirk Mm. Brian Quirk was all down man he brought all those great, out. Ninety three and ninety four. We we went down and played Nancy Spain's, and um, we got great crowds in in Nancy Spain's. Yeah. We, we, I mean, I couldn't believe Nancy Spain's. It was a great mm. venue. Remember yeah. it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was awesome. And we played, I saw but, obituary there, sir. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. We ended up doing a show where I think Benediction played there as well. We played with Benediction down there as well. We got the bus down with Benediction. No way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bus Aaron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, yeah. No expense there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a good time. Mick Richards' old band, Doom's Game, they played that one as well. Oh. Uh, we, uh, we used to go down, man. So we used, we, we'd play basically Dublin, Slattery's in Dublin, the Rock Garden mm. in Dublin. Yeah. 
Morphosis, and I know she used to play a lot of good gigs together, and we play Galway and stuff like that. Yeah, but the, I mean, we play with with a baden later on. We play in the high stool. I think Paul referenced the high stool the last interview as well. That That's was right. a great venue, man. The high stool was a kicking venue. <laughs> you know, fucking hell! But it's the high school in Limerick. Yeah, yeah, stool, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we Does... play with them um, with Zealot Cult, but but when they were called the. They were called the Swarm. The Swarm, that's it. Yeah, they, yeah. they were awesome, man. As a swarm, they Deadly, were really yeah. good. And then Zelikult are just fucking brilliant. Anyway, you yeah. know, ah, Zelikult are kings. Man. Absolutely, absolutely kings. So, you know, it's it's great to see a lot of the guys from still back in those days that are still around. You know, mm. yeah, um, fact. yeah, you know, and especially the, the guys from Cork were always cool. Pat Clancy and stuff, you know. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, yeah, yeah. sure, fucking. And there's another lad there I'm, I'm always in touch as well, Marcus Ahern. Yeah, I was going to say Marcus, man. We used to go, dude, we all used to go no, to no, London. Marcus. Yeah, 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 yeah. We used to all go to fucking, um, we used to all go to uh, England to see Primordial play in the Devil's Church. That's right, he's Mike. a massive fan of yeah. them. Yeah, so we used to all go on the boat over, all Fifth Dominion, Arcane Sun, all Primordial, you know, and, 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 and the guys from Cork would come up. Yeah. And we'd all get the, we'd get the £10 boat over and we'd get the train down and uh, I'll be a man good times Marcus yeah man please tell him I know I I was at a rugby game with him yesterday both our sons are in the same rugby team sound Marcus is sound and Pat also Pat Clancy was always 100% Pat's knowledge is just I'd say he's the most important I'm not joking he's the most important (laughs) music collection in Ireland, Pat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And a big, big I, shout out as well to John O'Brien. Oh, I was going to say, Ireland. yeah, for doing the market yeah, for John. the Metal Archive. Yeah, that's that's kudos to yeah, John. The archives. Real yeah. kudos to it, John. It's man. fantastic, man. These things are still here, you know, and that oh, you can absolutely. reference them the whole time. Oh, man, it's great. Yeah. I, and it's great that the guys are still around, you know. Mm. You know, man, I tell you. Yeah, Pat, man, Pat is a fucking 100%. And Shane, do you, do, do you know a guy called Shane uh, from Cork? He's Shane. a nickname. Oh, I used to see him at all the shows. I saw him the last time was at Bolt Thrower in England. Just randomly popped up, you know. <laughs> Shane, Shane, Shane O'Sullivan, Shane Quinlan. No, Shane. Um, well, if, he's, if he's watching this, dude, it's great to see you, Shane. <laughs> or talk about you. Or talk or, about you. Would you go up much to Belfast? The Belfast scene is incredible at the moment and has been for the last few years. Um, Jesus, I'm out of touch with Belfast now. It's oh. years since I played there, like, you know. Oh, and Rosetta Bar, that was where we used to go. Rosetta Bar, is it? Yeah. yeah, we used to play the Rosetta and the War Zone. We played the War Zone oh, the as War well Zone. with them, um, Putrefy and Desecration. And, you know, and we played Rosetta with them, um, Stand Up Guy, I think. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember I say that. Is Ian was in Stand Up Guy, Ian Boot. Was he the guitarist? Um, the I think he was, actually, yeah. Yeah. They, they, they were really good kind of hard, kind of, I don't know, hardcore band. Yeah, it's, it was always kind of more punky up in Belfast. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And then we played a lot of shows with, with Putrefy and Bally Money. We'd go up the extra bit and do the shows up there. Bally uh, Money? Yeah, fucking the hell. Was there a scene up there? Well, there was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There was. Corey, where were uh, Condemned from? Belfast. Up there. It was Belfast, was it? Yeah. 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 Mm. They were great man. as well. Pete, Pete, why the band Stranglewire very good, huh? Like they were. Stranglewire. They were Ireland's yeah, Stranglewire, yeah, yeah. Like condemned yeah. back in the day were Ireland's answer to essentially cannibal corpse, like you know. He, he um, looked like Chris Barnes, didn't he, with his vocals and his, you know. Yeah, and it was just like you said this recently, Richie. Um, probably when you were talking to Olin, you were like, Irish bands don't get enough exposure or something, like you know. So, yeah. 
like back then, they could have went anywhere in the world. Mm. Yeah. They didn't. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, um, it's just Another like you're there, Sinisense as well. Oh, yeah. From yeah. Belfast. Fucking fantastic. Yeah. Band. Yeah. yeah. Fireland. Remember, do you remember Fireland? No, I haven't heard of them now. Mark, kind of... Mark Higgins played with them. They were like a kind of a power metal, heavy metal band. Oh, okay. Cool. Fireland. Yeah. Very good. Really good. Really good. It's just, oh. man, there, there's so much talent in Ireland, you know? What about Cork bands back in the day? Did you play with oh, many of them? There was loads of them. Carnoon, yeah. Carnoon Rising, who started out as Renewal. Flatliner. Flatliner, oh, no. okay. Flatline, sorry. Um, was it a band called Dominus? Dominus. They, yes, they, you're metal right. Band, yeah, that metal, metal band. band. And you had Bellinus. Is it oh, Bellinus? yeah, yeah. Black metal band. Yeah. Who else was down there? Remember a, a Doom band called Ethereal? There you go. From back in 1993, 94. Oh, I uh, wouldn't remember that. No, it was in Dublin now at that stage. What? Here, here was a gig for you, right? Uh, Brian Quirk put a gig on Nancy Spain's on a Saturday afternoon. It was, <laughs> it was Die Sinister Bloom. Oh, it yeah. was uh, Ethereal and Ogre. <laughs> Ogre, yeah. Sure, Ogre. I only yeah. gave them a shout out last week. Um, yeah. They're uh, yeah. Steve's favourite band from a band. Yeah. Yeah, Ogre, yeah, Savage. Ogre played the show with us. And we were hanging out with Ogre backstage in Nancy Spain. So we got a, a man because we were all in, you know, we were all Doom and Dyson is to Bloom and Ethereal John from Cork was smoking a pipe. Didn't know anyone smoked a pipe when he did, right? <laughs> and he was sort of like, oh, you, you know, la, 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 we're talking away. And then and then Ogre come out dressed as monks with horns, John the Baptist, Fox <laughs> on the Evil, and Chew Giblet. <laughs> 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 Man, I tell you, Richie, I tell you what, man, I have a recording from the sound desk in Nancy Spain's of that ogre gig. No way. And the sound no way. is savage. I got Die Sinister Bloom on the, 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 from the sound desk. And I also have the recording of when, when uh, Decompose played Cork in July of 94 Whoa. with Primordial. And I got the recording of Corpse from um, uh, Scotland who supported them. Jesus. I've got the recording here in the gaff from the sound desk. The sound is unbelievable, man. How did you get those recordings, Corey? Was, did you know the sound engineer? Yeah, or what? yeah, yeah, we did, yeah. And we asked him to, to just record on a little tape, you know, and he slipped it into the, to the, to the mixing desk and just oh, press record. Brilliant. And I have them here in the gaff. So I must, I must see if John wants them from the Metal Archive because the sound is unbelievable of them. And mm. I tell you what, lads, I tell you what, Ogre, Ogre were all like Dublin foreheads. We're like, oh, yeah, 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 bankers. No way, they were not. Yeah, they were, they were really, really... <laughs> Nice, but when they were on stage, they were they were lunatics, man. Yeah. The, the stuff that would come out was just insanity, absolute insanity. Like that just came out with their heads. Jesus Christ, you know? that's mental. And are, are any of those lads still playing music? Well, I saw from your from the from the post that they they have a an like they had a new album out. Was it in two thousand and eighteen or something, or a new album recording or something? I got a I got I got the two demos here. The Hiatus demo, and I got a, uh, I got Dark Filth, the album that. Yeah, Dark Filth is the one. Yeah. Yeah, with all the introductions, like those introductions are, you know, it, mental. It, it, mental. Ahead of their time, like. Yeah, absolutely. Now, can you imagine that live? Because man, if if you hear this sound desk recording, it, it sounds like they're actually insane what they're saying on stage. <laughs> it's great though. It's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. But, but Ogre, yeah, Ogre. Deadly. Is there any bands there like? that you're still scratching your head that they haven't they weren't made made a bigger impact in Europe yeah Morphsis Morphsis 
Yeah. But I thought I thought when Morphsis brought out the um, Malicious Maleficarum demo in 95, I mean, the production on that was just, reminded me of Brutal Truth. Mm. And um, I was with, I was with, Arkansas, or uh, sorry, Fifth Dominion then, and we were jamming. We were doing loads of gigs with Vinny anyway, but I remember the day when Brian O'Carroll came into rehearsals and said that Morphs has decided to call it a day. We went, what? What? Because when that demo came out, that demo was the sound. Have you heard it? No, I haven't. Oh, man, it's, it's, it's so good, so good. And it's just the right thing of, of death metal grind or whatever. Yeah. I, I really thought Morphs would have made it bigger, but, you know, um, uh, but alas, but alas, you know. Um, it's such a um, it's such a feckin uh, it's such a shame isn't it like these yeah. guys they had what I take I played with Morphsis for a while in the what about 2009 and um, oh, Vinny is a guitar player like did we disbanded or whatever like you know but um, he came into the studio one day with new riffs and we were kind of thinking where he could write some new stuff it was kind of towards the end of that period before we broke up or whatever and you're kind of going it's either in you or it isn't yeah like Corey Corey is the same he you you can't write a classic death metal riff without having all that memory of listening to all these thousands of albums and thousands mm. of songs because this fucking, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm strumming it like this because that's what creator do. I'm hitting that car because that's what a bitch do. I'm taking it back down here because that's what someone else does. And it's like, it's, it's all that influence and all that knowledge and all that fucking experience thrown into one riff, which leads perfectly into the next. And it reminds you of a band that you've heard before. And it's just such a shame that Morphs is, you know, so, Rise of the Bastard Deities, that came out in 2009. Were you on that, Jason, or did you join no, them No, I, 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 we had problems with, they had problems with drummers. They had a younger guy, uh, Sam, I can't remember his surname. And I suppose he was just, a, he was kind of a college kid. He was younger than lads at the time and he wasn't really into it. And maybe he, I don't know, he wasn't so dependable or whatever. But I mm. came in after that to do the gigs. And to be honest, um, for whatever reason, I had personal things going on. I found it difficult to learn the stuff. It wasn't. I look at. I could go back now and learn the songs and play them. It's. it's it wasn't an ability thing. It's just where the headspace I was in, mm-hmm. and it just didn't work out. It yeah. just didn't work out. And um, to this day, still great mates with the guys George, Vinny, and a guy from my village. Squelch was doing the vocals. Carl Walsh. <laughs> Class. Like I see him all the time. He's always texting me. I must must call over to you, Carl. Um, like he was in primary school with my brother. Like I was in primary school with his sister. You know. Yeah. Um, it was just mad that the two guys from Cara ended up playing with Morphsis. But um, yeah. Like I remember, I stayed a night in Vinny's gaff one night. We were going to do a gig the next night or something, and it was. Here, check this out. And we were drinking Stella, bottles of Stella. And it was um, it was Morbid Angel live from 89 or 90. Like, and it was all the Altars of Madness that they were playing live. And, you know, it was just such, it's classy death metal phrase. Like, you know, it's just that, that style that just, it takes intelligence to be able to write that music. Mm. You know, it's not just, dun, 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 dun. there's something to it. There's chemistry to it. And yeah. Vinnie O'Brien had that. 
Wow. He could he could he could play the same as Corey. He can play those riffs, pinch harmonics when you don't expect them, all this nice, meaty, fucking kind of good stuff, you know what I mean? And it's so exciting to me, that stuff. And it just it it kind of hits me when you're kind of going. We have we had so many bands that should be bigger than what they are. Yeah. What's the reason? Is it the Irish mentality? I think the I think the main thing is just that we're fucking basically an island. As we're an, that's what I said earlier. Is, mm. is it because we're an island? Yeah. Like if you could get in a car and drive to Germany, would we would we all have made more of ourselves as bands? You know what I mean? Yes, is the answer. I'm convinced yeah. of it. I think there's more mm. of a social support for heavy metal and extreme music on the continent. Yes, well, that's a big thing. Oh, and, well, that's, yeah. and that really helps. And that Massive. really helps. You know what I mean? When I, I lived in Sweden, after Nadir, I, I left and I moved over to Sweden for a while. And Did you really? Yeah. 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 I, <laughs> I just fell in love with Sweden. So I moved over there. And, uh, and I was just in the place to be. All the grind. I was hanging out with Nazem and Regurgitate and... Two-Ton Predator and all the guys and Alderson and Genocide and everything else and uh, hate all all these bands and stuff mm. and um, and it was just it was such a social support for the scene like yeah. uh, the government would give you money to to you know your own rehearsal studio and they would support you and there was venues in, in there that wanted you to play not like in Ireland you know it can be a struggle I don't know if it still is but you kind of pay to play it used to be that way you know and mm. It was there was no support social. That's support. a huge thing. I think Whereas that's a huge there, you thing. Know, over there, there was and, uh, the Dutch scene, you know, was same. The German scene is the same, you know, yeah. and it's a shame. But can you can you imagine if if um, a seventeen year old kid and his mates could go down and pay a minimum rate to rent a really cool rehearsal space? Next minute, you'd have 20 and 30 and 40 kids down using that. Like that, that exists in places like Germany, Sweden, and what you said, Holland. In Ireland, it's like, oh, those pesky kids make a noise again. Do you know, there's mm. no support. Yeah, but like also, lads, back in the 90s as well, like you were seriously short of um, studios to go to record us. Yeah, there was yeah. none. And- Richie, Richie, that's how we ended up going to Sweden. Because mm. there was no one to basically record the, the kind of extreme music that we wanted to make. Exactly. Yeah. So we went kind I of. I suppose we have a small, we have a small population as well. But you know, come on, four million is enough to have one or two or three guys that know what they're doing recording. Mm. But like Jason, if you don't have the basics back in the nineties for just for bands to record, you're you're struggling straight away. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. It continues and, on, doesn't it? Yeah. And I mean, like, like we referenced a shitload of bands there. I'm sure every one of them struggles with money to get in to fucking record their demos, get even an EP and an album out, you know, whereas yeah. now it's a completely different story. Oh, absolutely. Like. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it, co- it cost so much more back then. Like, you mm. know, she's, I was talking today about doing, um, uh, like like pre-production demos <laughs> all you need is a laptop and an interface if you yeah. everyone has a laptop so you spend 100 200 300 quid whatever you want to go with the interface and boom off you go yeah i know down do cork back in, i know down cork back in the late 80s there was probably one or two studios max uh for yeah. for even indie bands and they just one shot of the county like just one shot at it and if you fuck it up that's it man you you, you take the cost and have your head in your hands and going, fuck's sake, man. You know, yeah. you literally only had yeah. a day, day and a half to do mm-hmm. this. So, I mean, everybody was looking to Dublin for leadership in relation to studios and stuff up there. Oh. But 
Again, yeah. it wasn't there. Yeah. Sure, it wasn't no, there. it wasn't. It wasn't, you know, and a lot of the engineers didn't even have a clue. You'd kind of go in and, and you know, you'd reference this is band, it. And they didn't know anything about the bands you were, you were trying to reference or sound like, you know? Yeah. And the, the recordings didn't come out so good, to be honest with you, you know? Any uh, ones in particular that get stuck in your gut over experiences recording in Ireland? What, like uh, studios or? Yeah, studios or, with, with bands that you were in. You were just going, fuck yeah. it, this engineer hasn't a clue, like as you were saying. Uh, <laughs> there was, uh, well, to a certain extent, down in Eadstown, Willie Hayden, down in Eadstown, down just over here in Kildare. Mm-hmm. I mean, Willie was all right, but he didn't really understand extreme music at all. So you'd kind okay. of go in and, you'd, you know, you'd, you'd try your best to kind of educate <laughs> him. I, I, I mean that, you know, respectfully. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, but I mean, the recordings he did kind of came out okay, I guess. But Who like, was that with Corey? Uh, that was with uh, we recorded towards Elysium there and um, the the Fifth Dominion demo. Okay. And uh, by Sinister Bloom, Serene Falls. Yeah, great album actually. Yeah, it's it's came out okay. That one came out all right actually, because mm. <laughs> that was easier. You <laughs> just say Pink Floyd or something. <laughs> or, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. You know. It's funny though, like when back in the day when you're speaking to people that are like out of, they're not into metal, they're out outside the scene, they're not metalers, like, and they'd be saying to you, so how's the band going? Oh, it's great, like we're going over to Sweden, we've rented a studio, and they kind of look at you going, is there no studios in Ireland? Mm-hmm. And you kind of go, eh, no, not really actually, so we kind of have to go across Europe. And they go, but like, whatever. The feckin' mm-hmm. What are these bands? I don't know. I can't think of the name, but let's say someone like you two. Oh, you two recorded here. Why can't you? And it's because, well, you could have you could have a guy that recorded you two and made them sound amazing hmm. and send Deicide into him. Yeah. And he's lost. He doesn't know what, what what the why are you playing so fast? What's this drum triggers? What are you on about? What you all these heavy sounds? It's it's like sending it's like sending a hurling manager out to coach a rugby team. Yeah. It's a different world, you know. Yeah. And let's give a shout out as well to you know you referenced them earlier, uh, Michael Richards. Corey. Yeah, absolutely doing yeah, a great. There's there's a guy right? now that like lived through the scene and now he's contributing game, yeah. As as per, as a producer um, and an engineer as well. Um, any other ones that come to mind, lads that have gone through bands and now are doing good jobs as engineers or I don't, Very few, I don't isn't it why is that like, uh, like um, Shawnee Cads Shawnee Cads as well there's another dude there big shout out to oh yeah, yeah 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 he's uh, doing a lot with um, Last I can't remember studios. the band but I look him up but the guys up in Cavan uh, uh, Eternal Hellcorax Oh yeah. If you know the guys. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. the McDonough's, Rory mm. and Dermot. Yeah. I played with Rory and um Dermot only sent me a set of drumsticks there recently. We swapped drumsticks, we send them in the post. But um they have a place up there now. Maybe it's in Northern Ireland, but they have a place where they go in, they work with a guy. It's a kind of a real expensive enough professional studio, but they get a brilliant sound. Now they're kind of atmospheric. Mm black metal yeah, and it's clean enough sounding and they do really well up there I must find out the name of the studio mm-hmm. so there are places that you can go if you have the right uh, the right guy sitting at the desk yeah. that will know we need to do this with the drums and we're going to reamp the guitars and then the vocals I need to use this mic mm-hmm. 
and they get a great result. Their fucking albums and, and demos sound amazing, like really yeah. clean, uh, but still has weight and it, it, it has the right atmosphere for the style of music that they're doing. You know, so there are places, but mm. you'd want to do your research and you need to network because you yeah. need to speak to bands and go, I liked the sound of that. Where did you go? You know? Mm. Like Invictus, um, Shawnee Cads is all nearly 90% of the bands in Invictus. So, you know, so, yeah, and, uh, it's a one-stop it, shop there, which is good, like. Absolutely. You know Dara, don't a you? Lot of you Vic- Corey? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> back in the day as well. Yeah, so you were probably going back over to England with him. Yeah, back in the day. Yeah, well, Dara, Dara was kind of going over after our time, I think. Okay. You know, um, it was more like Marcus and Pat <laughs> and the, the core crew, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We Dara was it. running gigs as well down from Oi. He ran a few. Yeah, I think. that's right. Yeah. When we were when we were playing gigs in in uh in, in Cork, it was always in Nancy Spain's, you know. Mm. Um Yeah, you would have played the Krushkin though, I'd imagine, surely. Yeah, yeah, I played the Krushkin later on with yes, Gyasa. Right. When I was in Gyasa, I played there. So let's talk about them actually, because I wanted to bring them up. Um that was Steve as well from Abad. Yeah, that's right. It was a bit 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 strange, you know. Steve is in the back. We were all kind of friends from years ago, mm. John, Kavna, myself and, and everything else. And they used to actually jam next door to us on Saturday morning. So Dyson is the bloomer in Studio One, Gas no in Studio Two, and Steve's out the front letting us all in. You know? <laughs> so it kind of was weird. Like, you know, we'd all hang out and we all hung out in Fibbers for, for years you know, on Brussels and all that. So we knew each other. And mm. then uh, when Steve left uh, Gyasa, I'd, I'd come back from university. I was in... Uh, yeah, no, I was back. At, yeah, I came back from Poland. I lived in Poland for a while. I, I returned. And um, John asked me one time, John asked me if I joined Gasser. So I was, I became Steve. It's a, it's a weird type of thing. And I played some shows with them and, and it was great. Recording. And who was in the band then, Corey? Was Philip there and Simon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Philly White, uh, John Kavna and Simon from Simon O'Leary. Simon, uh, Leary from Primordial, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. He was there, yeah. So good times with good friends, man. Really good times with good friends. I mean, I've been lucky like that. So, like, mm. you know, all the guys I joined were great, great musicians and really nice guys, good friends. It was, it, it was a dream to play in a lot of bands, you know? Yeah, really. post-mortem as well. Isn't it? Yeah, and post-mortem was the first band that I was in. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, you know? Why did they change the name to Muck Savage? Oh, that was, uh, that was when the lads wanted to go indie. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. I wanted more kind of suffocation and they wanted more kind of Nirvana. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. So I decided, I decided there and then to leave it and go to Dublin and join Afterlife. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And are there any those lads still involved in the scene in postmortem? Uh, no, Ray no. or Ronan or Carl? Yeah, Ray, or Ray or Carl or Ronan. No, the lads aren't really involved in the scene. I see them. They, they still live around here. No uh, way. Yeah, 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 man. You know, Kildare is like the Hotel California, man. <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can go to Dublin, but you can never leave, you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, so it's a bit like that. But no, Corey, I, see, I, I see the lads. What? Corey, was Brian Hannigan in Postmortem? Yeah. yeah, Brian Hannigan was the singer in Postmortem. He's still yeah. a good friend of mine. He works with me yeah. now, Hannigan works. Brian, Brian, Brian is a great guy. Brian is here in Newbridge, but... What did Brian do when the band wanted to turn indie? Was he up for it? Uh, yeah. Political answer. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, take oh, I'll take my drink. <laughs> the Bull Hannigan is going to get a call from the drummer. Uh, <laughs> fucking classic. You know, but uh, but that was that was the kind of post-mortem thing. They got into kind of 
indie rock, I suppose, like back in 93, they were getting big on Mud Honey and that kind of stuff. And I never, um, I never liked that. So I was happy yeah. to look at this. <laughs> shameful, shame, shameful plug. <laughs> Here, Richie, sh- shameful plug. Look at my signature sticks. I can't see. My glasses are fogged up there. Sorry, Jerry. Right, well, you'll see it on the replay. Scorpion, Scorpion percussion, five Bs, nice. some guy called Jason Connolly. Well done, man. You got an endorsement. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, it's like a part endorsement. Um, you pay, but you get a discount. Mm. Uh, it's tough. They're in Chicago. Listen, guy Doug that I'm dealing with is an absolute gent. He's great. Uh, an order got fucked up. He gave me free sticks, mm. all this stuff. But it's just too much with the tax, you know. So we'll see what oh, happens. It's a balls. Forward. Yeah, don't fucking go there, man. It's such a pity, like, you know. Mm. Talk to me, Jess, about <laughs> Primal Dawn. Your memories of them. Oh, now you're asking. Because <laughs> mute, it's, mute, it's ha- mute. <laughs> Shut your mouth, you. <laughs> I'll have my dogs eat you tomorrow. All right? <laughs> no, Great band, um, man. yeah. God, another thing that could have developed into something like Primal Dawn started as Evolution's End in about '99. And I was thinking about this before I came on the show. Um, well, I give a lineup and the changes or... Yeah, I do. Yeah, I give the lads a shout out, of course. Yeah. Like John McGee started as the vocalist, Paddy Kennedy on guitar. Um, it was actually, I think it's Colin Fletcher, who's with uh, CrewCon now. Oh, cool. He was the original bass player. Yeah, he was the original bass player. I think it was Colin because there's two brothers there that look very similar. It's Fletcher, though. I think it's Colin Fletcher. And um, apologies if I got the name wrong. Mm. And Neil McSweeney on drums. That was Evolution's End. Then it turned into Primal Dawn. Evolution's End were a little bit more trash, maybe. And then it became death metal with Primal Dawn. Mm. John took over bass because... No, it was Eric Fletcher. Eric Fletcher. Eric left on bass and John took over bass uh, Paddy Kendi guitar Neil Sweeney drums and Dave Comiskey uh, from uh, I think he was in a band called Caco Demon he came in on guitar Class. Neil left Neil left and I came in in 2001 or 2 so that was for the euthanasia program was it did you record in that yeah the euthanasia yeah, I was on the drums on that euthanasia okay. project. Again, like I was a very kind of rough, as I say, hyperactive disorder. I was, I was no, I'm an overplayer, mm. and too many, maybe too many fill-ins, and not enough uh, emphasis given to basics. So I wouldn't be happy with my performance on the early demos but the music was great like you know the vibe mm. was there nice guitar tone John's vocals were amazing John McGee was Ireland's answer to Dave Vincent yeah honestly he mm. had the same style same style bass and his John McGee can do could do anything in extreme metal with his vocals his vocals were just man the lows would rumble your stomach and the highs would pierce your ears like mm. um so there was the euthanasia program. I think that was 2002. Then we did one in, Jesus, what was it? Oh, three or oh, four called uh, Zealot. Zealot, yeah, that's the one I would have known. It was yeah. an EP. Mm. Yeah, there's actually an unreleased album that 
I spoke to you that about that before we came on air about um I just wasn't happy with the equipment wasn't up to scratch. We went to Czech Republic. It was badly organized and there was a great album um recorded um and it was unreleased. I didn't want it released because I wasn't happy with the performance, but the music was amazing. That was when Rory McDonough came into the band. Was that, that was, I think it was called Contamination. Was it? One of the songs was Contamination. Okay. I read yeah. about that. I think, um, yeah. yeah. Jesus Christ. Rory McDonough is a, is a master songwriter. Mm. What happened was Dave left. Paddy stayed on. We got in Rory on guitar. Paddy left. Then it was me, John and Rory. Mm. And, oh man, his songs was fucking blackened death metal. I swear to God, man, I, I tried to get the guys back together to re-record this. The songs were just vicious. Mm. Oh, it was fucking blast beats galore. It was, it was classic stuff. We never released it. I wasn't happy with it. Um, but uh, that was Primal Dawn. We did loads of gigs. We went over to, we did um, Dara from Invictus promoted us at the latter end of our okay. stint or whatever. We went to um, Belgium, Germany, uh, Holland. We played gigs over there. Um, we played all over Ireland. Mm. Like you're wearing it. I'll, I'll give you a good one. You're wearing a crawling t-shirt, the crawling. Yeah. 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 If my memory serves me right, their drummer played with zombified. Yeah. You're spot on. Yeah. His first ever live gig was in the Rosetta bar and Prime drummer headlining. Fucking hell. That's mad. Yeah. I'll never forget it because what's his name? I'm trying to think of it. I've, no. I've, Gary. I've, Gary, it's Gary. Gary. Yeah, the Stuart on His bass. name is Gary. Yeah, Gary, yeah. Great I think drummer. that's the block, you know? No, he was on Zombie Fighter, spot on, yeah. Yeah, and he was a great blaster, great technique, great drummer. And I never forget it because they played before us and it was our first time headlining a gig and it was in the Rosetta Bar. So we were all amped up like and the guys were kind of nervous. We're headlining this and the Rosetta is a big venue, you know? So Zombified played, Gary got off the drum kit and walked off the stage. And I was looking at the drum kit going, where's he gone? Like, get all get all your shit off the stage, bud. And I ch- looked out into the onto the floor and he's down chatting to his mates. And he's like, did you see me play? Did you see me play? Yeah, you were awesome, man. You were awesome. And I kind of walked over to him and tapped him on the shoulder and said, uh, are you the drummer? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's my first gig. I'm I says, oh, listen, man, you did really good. Fucking awesome stuff, man. Your technique is out of this world. But... Will you get your shit off the stage so I can set up? You know, he was like, "Oh yeah, sorry, oh sorry, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah." And um, that's what we've done. Like that was our—I'll never forget that show, man. We fucking played over skins. I remember looking over. We hit. We hit the last note of a fucking uh, in in a song where whatever the blast part was at the end of a song, we hit the last note and the guitars were ringing out. Mm. And I just lifted my head and looked, and I looked over at Paddy, and he was stood there like that. <laughs> And we've been playing so hard and trashing so hard. The steam was just coming off his back. I'll never forget. It Just print, it was just an imprint in my head. Like our first headline gig, Rosetta Bar, Belfast. And we just went out there and we worked out on stage. Like, you know. Mm. And are um, any of those lads yeah. still involved in music? 
Uh, well, we have Rory doing Eternal Hellcrax and ah. a couple of other projects, okay. you know. But yeah, yeah. Paddy, Paddy opted out, and John, like we had John in Primal Dawn, but he just John's a great guy, but he just he he got very pessimistic about metal music, and his whole his whole life has to revolve around making money. So he's like, he lost the passion. Hmm. That's a common enough fucking very, occurrence, unfortunately, you know I mean? Yeah, but he he developed a very bad attitude towards music, really. He's kind of like, why are we doing this? Like, if we're not making money. We're like, well, if you don't want to be here, money. Be Jesus here. Christ, they're in the wrong fucking profession. Yeah. <laughs> to be fucking making like, money. He's like. kind of, he's, yeah, but he's questioning it all and he's going, it's kind of like, well, if you don't like the music anymore, just... Call it quits, like. Hmm. But you'd often come across a guy who's like, "Oh, you're into metal area. Oh, yeah, I used to listen to." And you're like, "But why did you stop? Because you obviously didn't really like it, did you?" Ah, nah, I disagree. There, there's there's some exceptions. It is very strange. I know what you're saying, but like, there's guys there that fucking have record collections but they've just gone away from the scene. It's literally, if they're not in the scene and they're away from it, they lose touch. And then all they have is the memories of going to the gigs back in the day. And you talk to these yeah, lads that's... and you're going, why lads? You know, and they go, nah, nah, it's not the same anymore. The new stuff, I have no interest in it. It's all old school. And if yeah, the old school f- bands aren't playing yeah. anymore, and this is Irish now I'm on about, Irish metal bands. If they're not yeah. playing anymore. Yeah, that's fair, that's fair enough. Like, but hold on there, right? If 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 in 2022, if you want old school trash in the vein of creator, you'll get a new band doing that. You if you want old school death metal, you'll get a new band doing that. So why can't why doesn't this guy go and listen to those bands? You know, he doesn't want to go to the trouble. And it's it's at your fingertips, I know, but like as a metaler, you have a fire burning. Your heart is on fire. You can't live mm. without the music. You put a heavy metal fan going on holidays with his missus, right? And they're in <laughs> nightclubs. And they're at the pool deck and there's dance music playing. There's a, he's going to hit a point after three days where he's pulling his hair out. Three he days. goes into a dark room and put <laughs> on a headset. You know? I know a load of lads. and that's and It's this either is, in you or is, it's not. This is a problem Don't. with the scene down in Cork. I know loads of lads that would have gone to all those gigs that Corey was on about and you were on about as well and are, have lost touch with the scene. They've moved away from it. You know, they have wife, family, the whole lot. And if, for example, Primordial will come down to, to Cork, yeah, they sure. might go to it, you know? There's a bit of drama. They might go to it, but if if it's a new yeah, heavy metal get, band, they've no interest, no interest whatsoever. Like, no, no, I get that. I get that with family and all that, and people get distracted, and your life goes mm. another way. But I mean, you drive your car every day. Why aren't you listening to metal if you used to be into it? Yeah, it's strange. I, so I, I, here's I a here's a here's a here's an anecdote. Right, it was my first fucking show with a, a bad McCarney, and we were playing Slattery's on Capel Street. Um, and it was a it was a middle of summer gig. It was a really sweaty gig, you know, upstairs, and it was all of that. And we were playing the gig, and halfway through the uh, the uh, the Abaddon set, um, a guy a guy just is, stands in front of the stage. It's a small stage, you know. He's drinking his drink. We used to have this on video. I don't know if it still is around or whatever. But man, this is mental. He's drinking his pint, and he drops the pint, drinks it, drops the pint, like it drops the glass, you know, glass. Yeah. He stands on stage beside Steve takes his top off and starts to do this with the glass. Yeah. He starts to cut Jesus himself on stage. Man. Blood is going everywhere. 
and it was like a statement of intent. And I'm kind of playing at the side going, Jesus, man, this is horrific, but it's so awesome as well. <laughs> all, all in all, Rich, all you notice, all in, that, yeah. Yeah. all in spoke about that on oh, the podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. It it's the one memory he'll never forget. That was his... Yeah, yeah. Because I, 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 I looked over to Olin and we were like, "Fuck, let's just play on, man, blast!" You know, <laughs> he's, and he's, it's like Hellraiser. It's like Pinhead's gonna come out and he's just like doing stuff, you know. Jesus Christ, like man, you know, <laughs> nobody does that anymore, man. You know, <laughs> you know. There's yeah. a great spot, Slattery's, man. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. It was a great upstairs. Was always great, man. They had the Tin Lizzy, you know, the original Tin Lizzy uh, backdrop. With the, the with the the, the light in all uh, sequence or something, the the, the the logo there was upstairs and wow, fucking yeah. hell! And the Earl Grattan like, was just down the road from it, and then the Rock Garden was great. Richie, we used to do uh, we used to do free gigs every Sunday and Saturday afternoon in the Rock Garden. Uh, Sign ups after like Fifth Dominion. Uh, and the idea was they'd give us dinner. <laughs> they'd give us a they give us a pint and a dinner. If we and then we just play for free, they give us a free gig, and all the metlers, man, they was they were always sold out. They were yeah. rammed, man, rammed. You know, was the Rock Garden in Temple Bar? Yeah, that was the Rock Garden. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. it. Yeah, I, yeah, I was yeah. at it. I was at it yeah. two or three times. Critical Obvious. conditions in there, but I mean, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Th- there was some place across the road from the Rock Garden. Then was it a tattoo place or some fucking? Yeah, that's thing? yeah, the tattoo place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, just across the road, directly across the road. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. Comet Records were at the corner, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, Comet Records were at the at the corner. In fact, yeah, I remember we used to go there all the time. Yeah, you get the odd metal album in there, man. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the we I I remember when Fifth Dominion did their Pain, Rage, and Laughter demo. Uh, I took the picture of the band that was on the demo, <laughs> you know, and it was outside Comet Records, man. Yeah, Fucking you know? hell, that's yeah. mental. Yeah, it was, oh, man, it was so good. It was so good back then. All the record stores, you know. Yeah, Free Comet board. Records I, came from Cork, would you believe? Um, and they set up in Dublin. Oh, wow. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. they were in Cork. Mm. Yeah, wow. that's right. Yeah. Jim, Jim O'Mahony, um, like Comet Records, you go into Comet Records and any of the bands that were, were hitting Cork, You'd have the likes, like I have a fucking signed cassette by Nick Cave, for example. Oh, wow. <laughs> He'd be wow. in Comet Records. Um, you know, Nirvana Jesus. would call in there. Fucking Obituary would be in there. There'd be, there'd be loads of lads in there just fucking flicking through LPs and stuff. Yeah. So next minute, yeah. we heard then that wow. Comet were setting up, setting up in Temple Bar. And I was just going, Jesus, this is perfect. Because I was moving up from Cork yeah. to Dublin in 92. Oh, right. And um, so that's where I was, Rock Garden, all those places. That's where I was that's going right. down to get my that's music. Right. Yeah. I think Brian, Brian Tobe ended up going into Comet Records, didn't he, in that place? He, had, he might he have. Had, he might he have had Sentinel been. back then in 2005, oh, I think. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. Jesus, yeah. there's a record. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Man, great. it's mad, isn't it? Yeah, and what about just, um, the other gigs? So you named Slattery's Rock Garden. What are what other places were good for? Oh man, there was there was the Earl Grattan oh, just down just down from uh, Slattery's on the corner, um, the Earl Grattan. Man, everyone. I remember the first time I met Alan Avril. It was in March of '91, <laughs> and I was good friends with um, with Jay from a band called the Septic Snails. And uh, I was hanging out with them. Yeah, I know sex, drugs, and septic snails. <laughs> <you know? laughs> and uh, and we went down to the sound, down to sound cellar and Alan mm. was in there and he was going off to do his first show with Forsaken. Forsaken, who became Primordial, you okay. know. And uh, we were talking to Alan and it was in the, it was in the Earl Grattan with, with, uh, with uh, Misanthropy, who became Fifth Dominion. 
Okay. You know? And if you've not heard, man, that the, the misanthropy demo, um, um, Hatred of Mankind, the first demo from April of 92, man, that just, that was, fuck, man, that was one of the best death metal demos I've ever heard. And that's what got me into Dublin. I had to go and meet this band, you know, so when I got yeah. playing with them, it was like, it was a, it was a dream. It was a dream. And opposite the Earl Grattan was a venue called the Fox and Pheasant. Remember that one? At all, no. Pheasant. So... That was just, it was a smaller venue. That's right. where Primordial played and Fifth Dominion played. And then it was... Uh, the, what year was that now, Corey? Oh, this, was, this was 93. Okay. 92, 93, 94. Um, and then we played... Oh, and then there's uh, Charlie's on, on ah, Angel Street. Charlie's, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we did the Anatomy shows in 95 with, with Fifth Dominion and Primordial there. And then we played in Connolly's of Leap. Lep, Lep, is it Lep? No way! Yeah, yeah. You've actually played there. That's a legendary venue, man. Yeah, that was a great venue. Yeah. Fuck, I'm, I'm surprised they'd metal there. Fuck me. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they were as well when we all turned up on the bus <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and we got off and we, and we got off the we, we got off the bus with another. We was hanging out, you know, and yeah. Like man. Corey, um, or, or sorry, Jay. Like Connolly's is this tiny little fucking. Venue in the middle of this tiny town, blinking your gun through lip. That's right, yeah. But wow. like a, a lot of bands from Cork would have uh, played down there and certainly even recorded down there because it was kind of he'd record as well your band wow. playing live and you get a demo out of them as well. Savage. It was all yeah. wood, wasn't it, Corey? That's right, yeah. That's it, yeah. And it was two. It was like two two floors, like upstairs yeah. and down. Yeah, the balcony. Yeah. You were looking that's down right. on the band. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Man. Yeah. Good. Good memories. Um. Yeah, I Pecker Dunn used to play there as well. That, <laughs> yeah, Peck, do you remember Pecker Dunn? <laughs> I tell you, Paul, Paul from oh, Corvona and myself. Have, Paul from Corvona and myself have a running joke about about Pecker Dunn. So <laughs> goes out to Paul. <laughs> what, Savage. What were you saying, Jay? <laughs> You're no, still just saying Pecker that, Dunn, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Just That's, other venues that would have came after that, like you know, Eamon Dorns. Eamon Dorns. Eamon yeah. Dorns. The rock that art, was a yeah. big one because you had like um, early two thousands. You had uh, the likes of Immolation, Eleven Creation, fucking Creator played in there. Yes, you know, I saw him um, in there. Mm. I remember. Yeah, I remember supporting Destroyer Six 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 and Revenge in there. You had who else? Who was running gigs out of that? Can you remember, no? You're asking me something. I think it was Invictus would have been oh. involved at some stage. They would have done the Destroyer 666 and Revenge. Yeah, I, w- I would have been um, thinking, yeah. It was, it was, yeah, and I suppose it was DME putting it was Emerald. Uh, it was Emerald. Yeah, it was Emerald. Would have put, yes. Emerald would have put Fecking Creator and, and all Ergles, in there, you know. Ergles and Paul and Ado Butler's gig, wasn't it? Yeah. That's yeah. Right, yeah. Um, there was loads of other, what was the other venues though? The Temple, the Temple Bar on Dorset Street. My first gig with a baden. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember I, them? Yeah, I think yeah. I think Morning Beloved were on that as well. Um, Morning Beloved, they're, they're not a great band, man. Jesus Christ, yeah, yeah. Kildare guys and one Wexford. I don't know if there's any more, but uh, who? Yeah, what other venues would there have been? There was, there was Barnstormers at the top of Cable Street. Remember Barnstormers? You remember that? Anathema played there. Who My Dying Bright played there. Benediction played wow. there. Fucking hell! Yeah, yeah. Uh, Balsagot and Soy, we—they were supposed to play. We were, we were going. We were. Here's the. That was in. That was in. Man, that was in September of '94. No, '95. '94. It was no '94. Sorry, it was. Um, it was Balsagot, Soy, Primordial, 
50 million amorphosis. Jesus Christ, what yeah. a lineup. Yeah, yeah. On a Saturday afternoon, Balsagot didn't play because apparently the, the, the Sinn Féin office is around the corner and apparently they, they got a little scared from, from Sinn Féin. But uh, <laughs> I, don't know. I, don't, I don't know how true that is. But anyway, that was the story why they didn't play. But, uh, that was Alan Averill's story on um, uh, Agitators Anonymous, his podcast. He was talking about that side. And yeah. the, lads, the lads had them hyped up saying, the IRA or just around the corner in a bar. They had them hyped up about it. Like it probably wasn't the actual real reality mm. of the situation. It, you wasn't, know, but... it wasn't. It wasn't. But uh, yeah, but that, that, that was a good gig though. I remember I was at that one. I was, I was supposed to play that one, but I just got back in from America too late so Robin Bailey took over bass duties for me for that show fucking you know? hell yeah. Corey was playing with Dawkins that night <laughs> <laughs> I good, good memories good fair memories. play to Corey man you've travelled a fair bit um, yeah. Uh, yeah have you got that wanderlust in you still uh, kind of kind of mm. and now Covid kind of put the kibosh on that for a little while but you know but uh, yeah for the last what? couple of years it's been Russia really so, yeah talk to us about that like um, have you, of course like being a metaler, you you would have to track it down and figure out who's playing what still, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Russia, yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit. I just go over there with work, you know. So okay. I was, I was over there, thankfully, working, doing some work over there. So, but Russia, Russia's awesome. I know it mm. gets a bit of a bad rep, <laughs> but uh, but it's great. If if no one's ever been there, I reckon you should kind of go there, man. And but I'm out of Dread Sovereign fucking played there some orchestra or something like that and okay. he was he stood up and fucking did a guitar solo flown over especially this. for it yeah I remember you talking about this on the podcast yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Wow. mental wow. yeah it's a it, it's a bit it's a it's a strange place because I, I, I was working just in Moscow Moscow area and then I've worked in Kazan and Kazakhstan and I've worked in Siberia Man, Jesus. Siberia, Siberia is fucking amazing. Absolutely amazing. It's like the old, the old prairies, like the Wild West, you know? Mm. And the uh, human habitation for about, you know, 25 or 35,000 years. It's, it's, a, it's where they tamed the horse, you know? Wow. So it's this kind of Mongol area, Genghis Khan kind of stuff. Fucking yeah. hell, like, that's yeah. nuts. Yeah, it's awesome, yeah. But it's awesome. It's, it's really... And then Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan is the size of Europe, you know. It's fucking mm. huge, man. So Jesus Christ, yeah. everything over there is big. So it's, but it's a great place, you know. And and what like. what stuff would you be listening to, Corey? Um, when you go on these trips, are you still old school death metal? Yeah, Black well, metal? yeah, yeah. Kind, of, I am kind of meat and potatoes, kind of Mister Metal when it comes up. But you know, I like movie soundtracks when I travel as well. Ah. You know, a lot of movie soundtracks. Uh, yeah, so that kind of stuff. I like call the Barbarian a lot. So. You know, that kind of soundtrack, especially tell him about the him. swords, Corey. Tell him about the swords. Go on, tell us about the swords, man. <laughs> tell us about the swords. Yeah, I collect swords, so I collect the Con the Barbarian swords. <laughs> I've just finished oh. his autobiography, actually. So wasn't it? Oh, aren't, yeah, I, I read that. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. I mean, fucking hell, man. He was a millionaire like before he ever made it in the movies. Just through yeah, property. Yeah. crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Like, sake, like coming over, coming over to America, and like having the balls to invest in fucking properties and stuff like that. And, oh, we'll go out here, we'll go out here into this district and uh, we'll get in on these um, apartments because, you know, this is where the town is headed and taking mm. a risk and it paying off. And Jesus, it was like, I, people call Arnie dumb. He's not no, dumb. No, he's like, far from he's fucking not, dumb. He's not dumb. He's not I dumb. just love the whole idea of that, like, he went to college to learn um, English, proper English, and um, also, you know, how to figure out 
yeah. accountancy and maths. And like the guy that was educating him was coming up in this battered fucking car, his <laughs> lecturer, and he was telling him about investment, how to invest. And Ernie's looking at him going, only in America, this guy's driving a broken down car and he's telling me how to make a million. Unless your man had fucking 20 kids or something, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Why is he no, driving that good, car like, you know? It's a good, uh, but it's a good, it's a good book, you know? It's, mm. it's a good book. I, yeah, I, I read a lot of biographies, so I like, I like. I do, I'm the same, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm not a great lover. Mostly biographies for me as well, yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like to read about other people's lives. <laughs> yeah. So come here. I'm going to play a tune there to fucking wake Jason up. He's yawning yeah. a lot, man. So uh, I'm going to play Don't heavy take mass. Don't the yawning. Uh, the yawning murder. doesn't mean anything. By legions of I'll, I'll drum along to it, Richie. I'm going to drum along to do, it. Do, please, yeah. <laughs>
Isn't that nuts, lads? 2017. Where's yeah. the fucking time gone? Like, I'll stop. Just like that. Wasted. That's where it's gone. Just like that, dude. Yeah. Fuck's sake. 2017. Sounds amazing. Still. Thank you. Yeah, great job done on the sound production. Fucking... Mm. Who was that with? Um... Gorgeous Filippo okay. did the recording. Um, Bree Studios near Athens in Greece. Um, so when we played the Gothenburg Death Fest in... 2015. Would, uh, 2015, we met a Greek band, brutal death metal band called Mortal Torment. Okay. Yanni and Georgius, and I can't remember the two guitar players' names, we were, we were closer contact with the two guys. And uh, George has a studio, and he's an amazing drummer. He's like a young George Collius, he really, really is. Um, this guy has drum kits, classic drum kits, Yamaha drum kits, and classic fucking pasty ride cymbals, 24-inch ride cymbals. The guy is into his shit. Mm. So we were like, let's go record with George. Because um, to be honest, it was the first time I've ever recorded with a drummer. And guess what happens when you go record with a drummer? You get a good drum sound. <laughs> Which is paramount, of course, yeah, for having a good, like you'll actually get away with a slightly lesser guitar tone if the drums sound good because the drums in extreme metal are really driving the music. So we went over to George anyway. Um, the way it happened was drums and vocals were recorded with George. And the guitars, our guitar player, Eric Arcadius, recorded the guitars in his house. So when we went to the studio in Greece, all we had to do was reamp okay. the bass and the guitars. Um, Corey, help me out on the chap that mixed and mastered. He was from Belarus or someplace? No, it was Ukraine. No, it was Ukraine. Ukraine. Go for it. I can't remember no. too much about that part. Basically, Eric, Eric knew him. So um, we basically sent over the guitars, uh, mm -hmm. the VM guitars with the drums, and he basically <clears throat> the whole lot for us and sent it back to us from Ukraine. And we only had, I think, two or three mixes, and then that was the third one was... was yeah, he was spot on. He yeah. was so good. Like, he did such a great job. And when, Corey, you might remember when we used him, when we went with Ivan, he was very reasonably priced and we couldn't believe the job that he did mixing and mastering. It sounded so good. And we're like, this guy is cheap. Like what the fuck? And then we were going to go back to him for the next album and we priced him. And guess what? His prices had gone up like rightly so, mm. but it was just the thing that this guy knows he's good. He's done his, he's done his kind of, He's kind of started out and now he's like, right, look, I'm qualified. I'm good at what I do. Mm. I want more money for this job. And um, yeah, so the, I, I still listen to that album all the time. I'll be in the car driving home from work. I'll stick it on and I'm proud as punch about it. Like, it's great to have a good drum sound, you know? Mm. Um, bass, Corey. Yeah. Did you invest over the last few years? Uh -huh. um, yeah, I bought a I bought an Ibanez five string. Uh, I play a five string anyway, but I got a 
corner be be professional from many years ago and okay. i wanted to get a heavier kind of sounding the ibanez gives a nice heavy sound so i got i got a, a an ibanez five string oh i i just man i of all the people i bought it off i hadn't heard from paul gervin from synapse and one of the bands from years ago for, yeah. for jesus 30 years man uh, and and he just and it, and he was selling the bass i didn't know that so i kind of got this text message and i saw it on kind of adverts or whatever it was and i was humming a horn and then I, I I got this text, man. It was Paul Gervin. <laughs> and Paul was one of my oldest friends from like years and years and years ago. We were we were pals and, you know, bass pals or whatever. So I, I ended up buying the, the Ibanez off of him. Um, and I got a, I got a, the Dave Mustaine uh, DV8 uh, ESP Flying V. Uh, I bought that off Darren um, in the north, uh, Darren Hutton, uh, for guitar, guitar duties when I'm called to do it. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so I got that, and uh, he's a double Aaron, jobber, Richie. You know, I yeah. wouldn't doubt him, man. The talent yeah. is there. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, but but that's it. I'm I'm very basic when it comes to equipment, though. Just I'm I'm pretty much like Paul again, Paul Paul Nash. You know, I I just plug in and I just I I just go. I you know I don't I don't fap around too much. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's true. Paul Paul be old school that way as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just plug it in, and then that's it. You know what I mean? And away mm. we go. You know. You know. That's um. <laughs> Yeah. So you haven't had a chance to play with that bass yet, as such. Even yeah, rehearsal. Yeah, yeah. Did, did you even get in the rehearsal with it? A couple of rehearsals, probably, didn't you, Corey? Yeah, We've I done did. a couple of rehearsals with that bass. The, the the last time I well, the, I I played with it one time. We we played a show in Urban Fest. Oh yeah. yeah what was that with? Uh, yeah, down in Cork. Cork. I played. I played two gigs. I played with uh, a turn and valley, and then AV, and then about a band later, I got on stage with Legion. I did two shows in the one gig. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Then, then he needed to sleep for 30 hours. Yeah. You know, um, oh, that expenditure. <laughs> yeah. But I remember, Dad. I remember we, we, we did a show years ago in a tie with them. Um, the, the lineup was a band called Memorial. Uh, then it was Morning Beloved. Then it was Thy Sinister Bloom, Fifth Dominion, uh, and or Arcane Sun. And then Jesus it was Christ. Five, Primordial. Me- yeah. Primordial as well. Five bands that day. And I, I did two shows that with that I played two gigs and I played one gig after you know, so I finished the bloom played and then straight away after I stayed on stage and played with Fifth Dominion. Fucking hell, that's <laughs> yeah. mental. Yeah, just fucking tiring. What was the thing with Fifth Dominion as well? Because they changed their name to The Fifth Dominion, wasn't it? There was yeah, some that, drama over that. What, what happened there? It, that was just when when Robin Bailey and Dave McKeever, who were the original members, uh, left. It was just basically left to Paul Kearns. Paul. Okay. Paul had come in to do second vocals after the first demo, the mm. Hate Kind demo. Right. And, and when Paul, yeah, Dave, 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 the original members left, all that was left was Stephen Norton on drums and Paul Kearns. And it was kind of a new departure in a way, in, but it was still old, if you know what I mean, the, the yeah. same old so, um, and more gothic. So it was still kind of, the, the drummer was Steel and Paul, and we decided to call it the Fifth Dominion. And it was after we did a promo in 95 that Fergal... Fergal uh, came up with the with Fergal Flannery came up with the idea of Arcane Sun. I remember in the okay. car, in the car he said, "Yeah, I'm going to call it." Ar-. And we were, "What's Arcane Sun? What is that?" <laughs> so yeah, but good name, good you know, good times. But that was that. That was it. The amount of musicians you've played with over the years, lads. Uh, is there any? Maybe you can give a shout out to maybe two or three that don't play anymore. What guys really impressed you? I think you're more or less saying a few there, Jace. I said this to you um, 
I think it was yourself, Richie, when it was on with Grave Sermon, me and Dave were on. Yeah, and, uh, Dave, yeah, for sure, Dave. Yeah. yeah, Dave Hines, love you to bits, man. Um, like, Mick from Carnoon Rising asked me to play with, I was seeing a girl from Cork and I was down there one time and I bumped into him. <laughs> right. And just bumped into him in a store, like a, a, a clothes shop or something and he kind of grabbed me and said, here, listen, will you play drums for Carnoon? And I was like, fucking I live in Kildare man I don't know how mm. it's going to work you know and mm. I kind of had to uh, turn him down but oh Jesus it would have been some combination like because mm. Mick was a savage death metal vocalist but he had he was like he was like an Iron Maiden guitar player playing death metal right he had all the touches mm that he needed to have. He'd all the finesse and then it was brutality on top of that. I would have loved to have played it, Mick, you know? Mm. I said that to you before, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so people that aren't doing it anymore, is that what you're kind of asking here? Yeah. Any ones that have just dropped um, through the cracks that are just like, you always thought, holy like fuck, I said, this is some player like. Yeah, you like know? I said, John McGee, man. John <laughs> McGee had a five-string bass and he would maul it. <laughs> Absolutely maul it. He, he played with his fingers. Literally, one hand was like that and one hand was like that. And I remember doing a sound check at a gig one time and a guy brought, walking up to us and going, Jesus, you and John are like tight. Like every time you go to do a fill, he knows what you're doing and he's copying your fill. He's running up the strings, copying the fill that you're Is doing. Is it kind of so going, like Steve DiGiorgio style? Um, he used... I, I, Look, I'm not too up on string playing, but he'd strum like that. He'd use every finger on his right hand to strum. It was like mm. this. It wasn't da 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 da. It wasn't a plethrum. He was pulling with all his fingers, and then he'd he used to like he'd be doing vocals, and then he'd be playing doing hammer-ons and pull-offs on the on the, high up on the bass. Mental. While he was screaming into the mic, and holy yeah. Jesus, like yeah. um, they're two stand Rory McDonough. Yeah, Rory McDonough's another guy that just, Rory would come in and I loved this. Kind of like Eric from Legion of Wolves. Um, Rory would come in and he's like, have this song and it starts like this and he'd play the riff and, and then I'd look at him and go, and I'd be like, eh. and he'd go, well, I was thinking of this beat mm. and I'd go, yeah, that's what I was about to play. <laughs> and then, the next rip and he'd have it mapped out and it wouldn't be you have to play this it would be I was thinking this would suit and I was like yeah well I can't disagree with you there amazing songwriter and the thing about Rory it was he'd structured a song that made sense and it was almost like what made sense like we spoke about emotion earlier on so this riff is doing this yeah. taking you in this direction. Where are we going to go next with this? He, it was like he thought deeply about it. Like, like if you start off on a high, where are you going next? What would be interesting to do? Everything made sense. Everything was like a roller coaster. We're going up, we're going down. We have a crescendo here and then we'll flatten it out. Not only was he a composer, was like, he was a director as well. Yeah, and it was kind of like Chuck Skullner in that all of his structures made perfect sense. You, you couldn't, you couldn't, the first draft of the song 
that you'd get from Rory, you'd take it and go, I can't change this because it's perfect. It yeah. works perfectly. Mm. It'd be a shame to do anything else with that other than what he has down yeah. already, you know? Fucking talent. So they're my guys. I, I, I know Rory is still playing, but like John McGee and, and Nick um, O'Sullivan, you know, fucking hell. Unless you got your hands chopped off, guys, in some <laughs> freak accident, please pick up guitars and basses. Yeah. They were fucking awesome. And they're big physical guys as well. John McGee was a monster. Yeah. He looked impressive. He's standing at the front of the stage with the feet apart and the fucking long, scraggly fucking um, red hair. And we'd hit a spot where I'm fucking doing a skank beat and like Tom Ray, he'd step away from the mic and the hair would be gone and you'd be like, don't mess with this son of a bitch. <laughs> Pure, unadulterated intensity. And mm. that's what it's about. Mm. That's what obituary about. That's what Slayer about. That's what Debt were about. Mm. Fucking intensity. That's the difference between a metal band and everybody else. It's passion. It's fucking passion. I would say, uh, I'd say Stephen. Plenty of time to think there. Three. Uh, Stephen Norton, the original drummer of Fifth Dominion. Right. Uh, I, I, I miss him. I mean, he's still here, but I don't get to see him too much anymore. But I know he's alive. But he was, he was an amazing drummer. He was, he was such a talent. And he was a he's a good friend. He was a good good friend of mine. Mm. So Steo Norton, um, I suppose Robin Bailey as well. The guy from Fifth Dominion, you know, Robin and uh, Dave McKeever, really, you know, Ray Green as well, and John to say the guy from Afterlife as well, you know, those guys were were and they were good friends. I mean, you know, yeah. uh, and I just really enjoyed playing with those guys. Really mm. good, good memories with good times, and you know, I wish they kind of get back together again. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it'd be good. It'd be good to see him. Like, at one time, we could all just have like a convention, like an Irish metal yeah. convention, and we all just go and we just meet all of the the old school guys from back in the day. Yeah. It'd be great. Like, I'm thinking of doing because someone suggested it to me, and and it was like they were reading my mind. But I'm thinking of doing um, maybe two compilations of the Throwback Tuesday of bands. You know, but I, I don't know how hard it is to get those tracks in. Um, so I'll, 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 you know, I'd probably be talking to you to maybe contact lads that, oh, that are just out of the scene, you know, just to maybe do two compilations. Yeah. What do you have best. to contact, Richie? Give us a shout. Mm. Would you, what do you think? I think that'd be a great I'd idea. Be just even awesome. fucking honour what, 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 what we spent talking about there for the last hour and a half. Yeah, it'd be awesome, you know. I mean, yeah, why I know it's been done before. Great. I think uh, Ian, Ian Lawless did one for a while. In, you know, Ian, do you, Ian Lawless? Right. Ian I heard the name, yeah. Underground it, Movement, yeah. was it? Yeah. That one, yeah. the Underground Movement. Yeah, Ian's, a, Ian's an old friend from back in the day as well. And Ian's a, Ian's a great, great Cold contact War. for that kind of stuff as well. Cold War, yeah. He was, oh, Cold War, that's yeah, fucking Ian it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So Ian is a good, a good guy for that. John from Metal Archives, of course. Yes, of well, course. You know? Absolutely, yeah. Sure, John has... has has been championing that for years. It's such an important um, absolutely, absolutely website. If you but, uh, if you want any help, uh, Richie, let me know. I, I like history, so <laughs> yes, I do need help. And you're enlisted, no, Corey. No and, problem. It would be a pleasure. It would be a yeah. pleasure. And it'd know, be nice just to to get it out as a free release through the metal absolutely. cell and and have it as a free download. And here's. Absolutely. 24 bands that you fucking missed out on, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely, you know? Like, we, like we said, Rich, you know, a lot of the early stuff, the original stuff has that metal vibe. And, yeah. you know, that's like, I mean, 
how can something be metal without the original elements? Especially in the Irish metal scene, because it just does, doesn't get the fucking credit. You know, yeah, for... like things, things, things get lost, lost through time, and you're kind they of do. going, "Oh, you're spot on." This, yeah. You know, it's like this is a metal band. Well, is it really? Yeah, like you could be talking to your son or your nephew. Well, yeah, is it really? Yeah, it is that because they, they call themselves metal. But like, and I, I'm not trying to be a pessimist. I'm not trying to be an all. But you're kind of going, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, how do you define a metal band? Corn are not a metal Jesus band. Jesus Christ, hung up in fucking corn. <laughs> oh, for fuck's I sake. said it. I said it two hours ago, man. I it said did. it two hours it ago. There's, there's two. There's too many good compilations. Like, you know, if you're if you're interested, there's a really good one from back in the day. It's on Bandcamp. It's called a collection of nursery rhymes in A minor. Uh, my friend Daniel Daniel Bean brought that out, uh, and it's all like tries to fix early primordial call forsaken misanthropy, sleeping village, uh, synapse afterlife are on it as well. Actually, wow, yeah, what's that on? Come? A it's collection, on Bandcamp. a collection of nursery rhymes really? in A minor. Yeah, and A-minor. then there's Daniel Daniel Bean from Clondalkin made that. That was back in about ninety two. Oh Jesus! Okay. Yeah, so it's a good one. And then there's also a Brian Brian Tobbs one from 2000 and 2000 2001. Was the that Sentinel, Emerald? Uh, no, it's a Sentinel Sentinel uh, double double CD in unison. That one in unison in unison. Yeah, in unison. Yeah, I had that on. I yeah. had that on uh, on CD. Yeah. Yeah, an old Primal Dawn song was on it. Yeah. There you go. So that's a, those two will, will will sort you out. And then Brian's Brian's uh, fanzines the, the early deprived stuff. Mm. But Richie, I have all that. I'll, I'll get that to you if you want, man. I have all that to do. Yeah, yeah. class. Okay, yeah. so we're going to end the show with a Grave Sermon track. I won't drum this one. I'm tired. Yeah, you pick... <laughs> both of you like this song, Motionless Terror, Reasons yeah. Why? Uh, it's just, it's great death metal. Yeah. <laughs> just meat and potatoes. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, 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 it's kind of day side. The, the Heim signatures are like three, four or six, eight. And um, I wrote the lyrics for it. I think it's just the most natural song on the demo and it just flows nicely and it's extreme. It's extreme, which is the name of the game. Yeah. Okay. Here it is. Motionless terror. Thanks, Richie. Cheers.
cool. Fucking sounds awesome. Corey and Jason, the Metal Cell salutes you and thank you very much for your contribution to the Irish metal scene over the last few years. Much appreciated, lads. Incredible. We salute you, Richie, because, man, you're keeping the machine rolling. Thank you so much. Keep it up. I know you enjoy it, but it's very important what you're doing, buddy. And for having me on, for having Corey on, having the chat, thanks so much, buddy. Yeah, appreciate thanks it, Richie. Thank you. Thank you very much for the opportunity to talk. Yeah, yeah. and thank crucially, support your local medicine absolutely always never say die man never say die